Hey y'all, thanks for taking the time to listen to this installment of Go South, Old Man, a somewhat weekly podcast where a northern-born southerner explores some of the lesser-known things in and around the southeastern United States. In this episode, I visited a place that saw not one, but two horrific events happen on almost the exact same spot a hundred years apart. It's a community of New Hope Church, Georgia, about 35 miles northwest of Atlanta. It's so small that even today you probably wouldn't even call it a town. The Baptist Church, with its cemetery across the street, has been the area's namesake since before the Civil War. And it's during that conflict in 1864 that death would first pay a visit here in a big way. At that time, General Sherman had pushed the outnumbered and outgunned Confederate Army all the way down from Chattanooga on his way to Atlanta. But it wasn't easy going. The Rebel Army was playing defense and playing it well, inflicting plenty of damage even as they withdrew and retreated. Sherman had learned to avoid any direct attacks on large, well-defended, dug-in emplacements. So, as he moved southward toward Atlanta, he determined to avoid attacking any strong defenses directly in front of him if he could help it. On this particular occasion in late May, he sent the Army of the Cumberland southwest toward the town of Dallas, Georgia. Since reports said the main Confederate force, the Army of Tennessee, was well to his east, forming a defensive line to protect the city of Atlanta. His plan was to swing out around the defenses and attack from the side and back. What he didn't realize was that General Johnston, on the other side, had anticipated this move and had marched a large part of his army out to the west. There he set up a strong defensive line, running along a ridge line right through a churchyard and cemetery at New Hope Church, directly in Sherman's path to Dallas. And there they waited. It wouldn't be a long wait. Many of the Army of the Confederacy either being superstitious or respectful, possibly both, refused to dig trenches in the cemetery, and so they simply hid behind the tombstones, waiting for their adversary to emerge from a thicket at the bottom of the hill. It was a beautiful spring day, and so Sherman, thinking the Confederates here were merely a small token force, ordered a direct assault in the afternoon. Advancing over rough terrain through a small valley that was thick with underbrush, the Union soldiers stepped out onto the edge of the cemetery and right into a withering hail of gun and cannon fire. As is common around here in the south this time of year, a tremendous late afternoon thunderstorm added its noise and heavy rain to the horror and confusion of the battle. Union survivors would forever refer to this area as the hellhole. 
The battle raged for three hours, with the Union failing to make any progress. Both sides dug in for the night, and sporadic fighting continued throughout the next day. Sherman finally ordered a withdrawal on that following day. In all, about 400 Confederate soldiers were killed, while over 1,600 Union soldiers met their earthly demise here. Almost all of them were buried in unmarked graves, with simple rocks, probably unearthed digging the graves, being used as their headstones. Today, when you go there, in addition to the old headstones that the Confederate soldiers hid behind, you can still see many of these rocks marking the graves of the soldiers who fought and died here. But now we fast forward a little over a hundred years, and apparently not a lot had changed in New Hope Church. And it was another beautiful spring afternoon on April the 4th, 1977. However, 40 miles to the northwest, a line of supercell thunderstorms had developed over Rome, Georgia, and Southern Airways Flight 242, a DC-9 jet en route from Huntsville, Alabama to Atlanta, flew right into them. The plane encountered such a massive amount of rain and hail and such intensity that it broke the aircraft's windshield and caused both Pratt & Whitney jet engines to flame out and shut down. Try as they might, the pilots couldn't restart the engines. Gliding down unpowered, they frantically called air traffic control and asked to find an emergency landing spot. Air traffic looked and suggested Dobbins Air Force Base, about 20 miles away, but the pilots decided that was too far. Cartersville Airport was closer, but it was already behind them. There'd be no time to turn the plane around. Unfortunately, there was a small airfield nearby, now the Paulding County Airport, but at that time it wasn't on the air traffic controller's list, and so was never even considered. Meanwhile, the aircraft, running out of altitude and options, Blinded by a shattered windshield and no power, the crew was finally able to make visual contact with the ground, and they spotted a straight section of a rural two-lane road. The pilot decided to try and land on this road, which ran between the towns of Dallas and Ackworth, right through New Hope Church. The plane came in fast bounding wildly down the roadway, clipping trees and utility poles along the way. Seven members of one family were killed when the plane struck their car, which was parked in front of the local general store's gas pumps. The plane then veered wildly off the highway and broke into at least five sections. One of the townspeople also killed on the ground in that crash was an elderly lady who died when a plane tire struck her as she stood watching in her front yard. The captain was killed upon impact and the first officer died while being airlifted to the hospital. The resulting fire, consuming the remnants of the plane, would prove as lethal as the impact.
The pilots and 61 passengers were killed that day by both the impact and fire. However, miraculously, 20 of the passengers survived, as well as both flight attendants. Sadly, nine people on the ground perished. As a result, a number of important safety measures in the airline industry resulted from the crash, including better pre-flight weather advisories, improvements in communications of real-time weather conditions, improvements to both onboard and ground radar systems, and enhanced pilot training for a total loss of power scenario. It's interesting to note that at that time, the FAA thought the possibility of a complete failure of all engines on a jet-powered aircraft was so remote that is not to even require any training or special procedures for such an event. Well, if you're interested, you can learn more about the crash uh, by watching the Discovery Channel's TV series, May Day, which depicts the accident in an episode entitled Southern Storm. The Weather Channel also featured the crash on an episode of its TV series, Why Planes Crash. Today, there's a monument to the crash, the worst aircraft disaster in Georgia history. You'll find it in the New Hope Church Cemetery, very close to the 100-year-old unmarked graves of those Civil War soldiers. Well, I don't know if I'll be around in a hundred or so years from now, but if I am, I won't be anywhere near New Hope Church, Georgia. This episode is humbly dedicated to the memory of soldierly private Hay Grieve, the best soldier of the 107th New York State Volunteers, who died fighting for his country at the Battle of New Hope Church, May 25th, 1864. So, until next time, thanks for listening and stay curious.